the show you need to get what you desire by avoiding the mistakes made by others before you. Learn the stories and journeys of what success looks like to find the freedom you deserve while thriving with your best life. And now I present to you the one, the only Rapid Results with Andrew Wise. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Results with Andrew Weiss. We have a very famous guest today, Ben Byrne, because if you are in the Twitter sphere, if you're in the Facebook sphere, you definitely know this guy's name. He's one of the top sales guys, top influencers in the social media space. He's worked with big time names like Cole Gordon, Eli Wild, Alex Becker. And today we're going to be talking about sales, personal development, scaling, everything involved. And so with that said, I want to give Ben a chance to say, Ben, what's the biggest, most badass professional accomplishment you're most proud of? Wow. First of all, I don't think I'm that famous, but then, dude, <laughs> I appreciate the, uh, the intro, man. I think based on where right now, I, I'm mostly still in sales pretty intensely on a day-to-day basis. So probably closing like $24,000 deals in like 20 minutes or less. Not every call, but based on where I started as an introverted kind of engineer guy who just got into door-to-door sales and was scared to talk to people. Yeah, I've kind of like come a long way. That is a very long way. $24,000 deals in less than 20 minutes. I mean, some people work a whole year just to get that much money. <laughs> so uh, that's definitely something yeah. to brag about. And uh, yeah, on this show, we love hearing people's journey. So Tell us more. I mean, obviously you didn't wake up one day and go, all right, I'm going to sell $24,000 deals less than 20 minutes. Like tell us more of the journey of how you even got there. Yeah, bro. How far do you want to go back? <laughs> Let's go from high school or college. Like, were you shy? Were you confident? Were you, do you already yeah. have that sales bug in you? Like what, we'll start from there. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all, bro. So <laughs> I'm, I'm an old man now by the internet standards. I'm just turned 35. So I was just thinking back to high school. It was 2007 when I graduated. So that was when Facebook was just getting started. There wasn't this like huge hustle culture, you know, it's like four hour work week was probably the only hustle kind of book out there where people were thinking about entrepreneurship. And yeah, I, w- I was like an introverted kid. I, w- I would rather like sit at home and play Xbox or play guitar for hours or just go and hang out with a few of my friends. My dad though, like when, when I was a kid, to me, he was like the ultimate entrepreneur sales guy like he used to take me out when i was like a little kid and i'd be sitting in the truck and he'd be knocking on doors selling stuff wow it's kind of funny yeah uh, one time apparently the like the truck like the e-brake wasn't on so it started going down the hill so i had to run and jump in the truck i was like three years old <laughs> <I was laughs> you remember like, that at three years old he told me uh, maybe <laughs> okay. like yeah maybe it's just a lie he just told me because it sounded cool but anyway yeah. So like just, just to fast forward a bit, I, I went through like every shitty job you can think of. Like my first job was like working at Harvey's, uh, which was like horrible. And then like I worked at movie theaters and then I worked at like in construction and I worked at bars and I worked on movie sets, like not as an extra, but like carrying like big heavy lights around. I worked at car, like selling car parts. I didn't know anything about cars, but like they hired, I was like, yeah, I, I like, so I just wasted so much time. And, um, finally I went into engineering because it was like, for me, I was always so much of an introvert. I was like, well, sales would be like the last thing I want to do. Like I went to school for business, but I was ultimately got into engineering and halfway through it, I started seeing videos by like, I, I started getting into self-development. Actually, I started, I started 
my, my girlfriend broke up with me. I was in college and I was like, Oh, it's so I got into like pickup of all things. Naturally. And, uh, yeah, it let me into down like the rabbit hole of self development around halfway through college. I was like, I, I don't, for one, I think I'm too stupid to do engineering for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's like calculus and stuff. I'm like, now, nah, like I, gra- I did graduate, but I was like, how can I make money and travel around the world? And like, and like meet girls in like different countries and kind of live. <laughs> that was like yeah, my, I mean, my degenerate goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, <laughs> that led me into, I was like, I would be on forums for like hours, like searching up how to make money online. It would be like, Oh, affiliate marketing. I was like, what's affiliate marketing? This is like 20, like 13 or something like that. I was like, Hmm, like there's all these things, which you, you could find easily within like two minutes now on YouTube or on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, or any book. Back then, I was like, it was like in the dark corners of the internet. It was like make money online stuff. Yeah, like, there must be a way. There must be a way. And uh, ultimately, I realized I started reading all these business books, and they're like every single book was like, you must learn sales if you want to get into business. All the richest people, were like, yeah, like I credit my success to learning sales. So I was like, no. <laughs> and like at the time, I had a roommate, this guy named Matt, who was like an alcoholic, degenerate guy. He was he was, oh, well, he was thirty five, as old as I am now. Wait, um, he was he was thirty five when you were in college and you were twenty two. No, I went back to school. Like I was like twenty five when I went back to school. Got it, got it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Matt was he would just he sold cars and he uh, <laughs> he would drink like twelve beer every night and smoke a whole bunch of weed and probably a pack of cigarettes a night. Like just twelve beers a night and he oh yeah wasn't easy affected? yeah <laughs> was easily. he like a no, seven foot three hundred no, no, dude. dude. Yeah, he was just like an, an average guy, smaller than me. What? He's oh just built up a tolerance, I guess. And I was like, dude, why do you... Like, I remember him, he would just <laughs> be up in the living room, just smoking cigarettes, and he'd have his head in his hand like this for hours. I'm like, Matt, are you okay, bro? <laughs> On like a Saturday, he's just not moving. I was like, he's like, it's the sales, man. It's the sales. Like, I... It's like you have to put on this fake mask for people selling cars. Like, hey, how's it going? I, I yeah. guess that's how he sold. And like, he was pretty successful. He made decent enough money. But I was like, really? Should, should I really do this? But anyway, I, I ended up getting into door-to-door sales. Completely terrified. But <laughs> I, well, the sales I was practicing before that was talking to girls. <laughs> Just like talking <laughs> well, to there, There's a lot of common ground between pickup and, and sales. I mean, it goes back there to is. like, you have to read all these little cues to kind of determine how much you push versus pull kind of thing. And like, yeah, you yeah. can't be someone else's face. Like buy this now. You have to be like, Oh, let's see if you're interested in the yeah. first place and just kind of lead them down the path. Yeah. There's, there's two elements to pick up that relate very well to sales and also like creating content and stuff and selling just in general. And it's in the pickup world. It's like the idea of value and then comfort or mm-hmm. trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm sales it's like the same thing it's like there must be value but they also have to trust you so um for example like i'm not sure how you want it how far you want to go down into like that rabbit hole no let's, but, uh, um, let's go into it yeah feel free if you're if your mind's going to let's, let's hear it <laughs> yeah no it, it's it's relevant because it's like the value part it's like okay like you you dress well you're in good shape you're like you're not like a you don't look like Gollum trying to like <laughs> yeah. you know you're like a normal guy yeah but then a lot of especially in the, in the pickup world, like a lot of guys kind of like they go all in on that, but they don't have the trust part. Like they, they can, they're just weird. Like, you know, in the same thing in the sales, it's like you have your script and like you have your offer and all this stuff, but 
the the trust part is just as important and if not the most important part like what i found just over the past few years just kind of switch topics a little the better like brand you have the more content you put out there the more trust you establish with people the less selling you have to do yeah let's talk about uh trust for a moment i mean uh yeah, I would say if you're talking to a girl at a bar, she doesn't know who you are, that you approach her, you know, there's going to be a minimum trust level. But if you get, but if there's, but the lady's friend introduces you to them, there's already a trust level because they already know the friend. Um, yeah. It, and obviously, so you're in sales, you work with various companies. Do you still take quote unquote cold approach trust calls or do you only take calls after there's like some kind of, trust, mm. awareness of the brand and what you sell, what you offer. So I'm curious how you've evolved in that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, at this point we like, the, I'm selling for a company right now and um, yeah, I don't have to do it anymore. That's what I got started doing that. Like for years, it was all this cold. The two things actually that, that tie into um, sales also in, in a dating, it, it's interesting. So number one, it's like in dating, it's almost like you assume familiarity with someone. You don't want it to be weird. You just assume like you already know them. Yeah. It's the vibe that you have. And um, in sales, you like a lot of people like talk about the rapport stage. It's like, oh, where are you calling from? What's the weather like there? Oh, well, you know what? You watch the football game? Oh, sweet, dude. Like rather than going about the rapport, you just assume rapport. Assume like, yeah, you know. And, and then the other thing is um, I had a client. One of our clients was like talking about how to approach people and be like high status. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in dating, like the way I think about it, it's not high status. It's just not being weird. So it's like <laughs> not having any low status communication, it's, it's automatically puts you in high status. There, it's like, well, what are examples of that? Because also I remember attending a marketing class and it was just like, it's good to be better. It's better to be different. And I feel like nowadays people like mm-hmm. weird. They like different. They like things that stick yeah, out. So, so I'm curious about your perspective on that. Yeah, well, that's like a marketing. I mean, like that's a marketing thing. It's like you got to be different to kind of catch attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, in sales, I, I don't think that necessarily you want to be weird. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so what's an example of like a, a good different slash weird and a bad different slash weird? Because isn't there a way to yeah. like your personality in a good way to help you stand out from quote unquote other salespeople? Or do you still need to keep things on the nose to not deviate from things yeah dude it, it's like everyone has their own style like that's that's the thing it's like you just have to be authentically you not try to like matt was just putting on like he's like oh it's time to be salesperson matt yeah you know like a lot of people think that like oh i have to talk really deep or like just be super i'm super alpha or something now that i'm doing sales calls so a um, part, big part of it is just like leaning into like your own personality traits. I'm like kind of like a quirky dude, I guess, you know, <laughs> so you're not, not the most smooth guy on a call, but I, I don't think about it that much. Whereas some people are like, Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, like they're too much in their head. Yeah. Who cares? Well, that's the other thing too. So as a high performing salesperson, how do you, and going back to, I guess like, the bar example, like you can't act desperate for the sale, but of course you want the sale. And yeah. so how do you balance that of like, oh, I'm a, I, I got to make this sale, but, but I got to be cool about it. Like act like I don't need it, even though I secretly need it. Like how do you balance that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's always, it's like, it's a, a phenomenon. Probably a lot of guys have experienced 
it's if you already have a girlfriend, it's the easiest time to get another girlfriend. <laughs> In yeah. theory, if you want to one, like because you literally you you don't have that needy vibe that so many people have, you know. And I give the same example in sales. If you had like, let's say million dollars in your bank account and you were asking someone for $10,000, if they said no to you, you wouldn't be like, Oh no. Like you wouldn't be like, Oh, well, it's, it's like your loss. Okay. And so it's, it's not really like what you're saying, but it's just your energy. How, like how you're coming across to people. It's, it's like, it's people naturally trust, like people naturally buy stuff easier from rich people because in their head, they're like, "Oh, this guy doesn't even need my money." So, like, he must be doing something good. So, is that a, a sales hack or something you trained mm-hmm. or that you learned? Is that if you go into every sales call acting like you already have a million dollars, you feel like you have a higher close rate, essentially? Yeah, it's just you could do that. It's just like detaching yourself from the outcome and just being like, a lot of people in sales, they think they have this like taker. There's like in, in every relationship, there's kind of like a giver and like a, a taker. You know, and like salespeople tend to think of themselves as a taker. Like I'm trying to get something from this guy where if you just flip it, you're like, oh, this person is actually lucky that I'm even talking to them because I have the solution to their problem. I'm the one giving them like whatever the, whatever you're helping them with. I'm the one helping them grow their business. I'm the one helping them lose weight. I'm the one helping them whatever, get a girlfriend, whatever you sell, you know? So really it's like their money is small in comparison to the value that you're getting. So you have to really like believe in what you're selling. I think that confidence, like some, this is this is kind of relevant because a lot of our clients are like newer business guys. They think, oh, once I have a certain amount of testimonials and, and a certain amount of uh, like a track record, then I'll feel confident. Then I could sell higher prices. And I'm like, you're thinking about it all wrong. So it, it's it's something that I guess I maybe learned from dating as well. Like that confidence, it has to become. Like there's situational confidence, which is kind of like, oh, when this external thing happens, then I will feel this way. But you have to develop what they would call like core confidence. Like, so you're the same in every situation. You're the same, like your state, your, your mood, right? It doesn't change no matter like what happens. And the way that I cultivate that to kind of go into like the self-development stuff is just having um, kind of like non-negotiables in my own life. So like wake up at earlier than I should, you know, wake up at like 5 a.m go to the gym like six days a week, track the calories, all the stuff that's like not directly related to sales, but something I, I kind of learned working on Cole Gordon's team, super high performance culture, right? It's like crazy. Like they work with like the biggest teams in the industry. Um, and I was there for like 11 months and so many people would join and just kind of like, they would, they would just churn out in like a day, a week. Like they went through so many salespeople. And um, I realized it's like, if you're like on, on the sales team like that, it's like you have to set projections. So it's like, I'm going to close seven people this week, 30 this month. And if you have a week where you 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 go and you hit four and you project to seven, it's super easy to get in your own head. Like, oh no, like, I'm behind and you start freaking out. And then all of your other calls, they start going horribly. And you, next thing you know, you're in this massive threat. So yeah, it is just, it's just really helpful to just be able to create your own confidence based on your habits versus what's going on. Yeah. And uh, so so I I like what you said when you you mentioned the importance of, yeah, having confidence, be detached, setting goals, the importance of setting non-negotiables of how you're improving your own mental and physical health. Because obviously sales is uh, 
you know, it, it's quote unquote, one of the most difficult things out there, but one of the most needed because humans are programmed to hate rejection, hate pain, hate failure, but it's necessary to grow. And uh, what I've discovered too is like, also, yeah, that there's, there is that line of like um, being detached, but also you want to kind of have that, that hunger to go, no, I am going to hit the seven sale mark this week, no matter what, I can't be too detached. Otherwise I'll never hit that. So how do you, how do you balance that hunger to like, say, I got to get this goal, but also be, be cool in the moment? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. It's like the difference between needing something and wanting it. You know, it's like you can really want some, like in, in sales, you, you can't want them to have the, uh, the outcome more than they do. Right. That's, that's, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Like, it's like you go into a doctor and you're like, Hey, my arm hurts. Like, okay, I really want you to get this arm, like get your thing in the brace and, and, and you got to do all this in the doctor. The doctor's like, okay, here's what you need to do. Like, you need to do this, this, and this. Here's what it's going to cost. Uh, I, I'm in Canada, so it's free. But yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. The doctor wouldn't be like, oh, you have to do this and, and being all weird. So, like, it, it's tough if you, like, a big part of it comes down to your part of your own confidence, your mindset. It usually comes down to your lead flow, you know, about yeah. things. So, if you know that you have another 20 calls booked on your calendar this week, it's like, okay, well, like if this guy says no, like whatever, fuck it. I have 20 more news to talk to. If you're getting like one call a week, like oh, I have to close this one. Like you can have the best sales tricks in the world and stuff. But the problem is you just don't have enough volume, right? Cause at, at the end of the day, it's like you can stick to your process perfectly and you can have the best mindset, but not everyone's going to close. <laughs> like it's just math, you know? No, that, that is interesting to think about and remember, like, and I think people going back to like, yeah, dating and sales, I think people also need to remember the importance of putting doctor office visits and sales together, like the importance of just, yeah, like you said, if someone comes with a broken arm and then the doctor's like, okay, I know how to fix it, but it'll be like $2,000. And the guy's like, oh, I'll just let my arm stay broken. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't, <okay. laughs> is that nothing else you could do? You're an idiot. <laughs> You can be like, well, your arm might fall off. Have you yeah. considered <laughs> yes. what happens if the bone just like grows out weird and you can't use your right arm for the rest of your yeah. life? Yeah. Oh, that's it's fine. Yeah. Like, so what do you it, mean that's fine? It, it is too bad that, uh, yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate that even people really need the help that they're still not willing to invest in it or pay money. And, and I, I, I like what you said too. Like, and the best way to not take that personally is understand you have more leads in the pipeline. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, people this that that's probably one of the biggest things, man. It's people just don't they have a scarcity of opportunities. So they just don't have enough leads. Like for most things, unless you're selling something extremely niche, like I don't know, uh underground bunkers or <laughs> something weird, like fallouts shelters or something. Yeah, yeah, I mean there's probably even a good demand for that. Like oh, yeah, definitely. There's, there's so many people in the world. It's like there's especially in social media, it's like there's always more people that you could sell to. But in terms of being aggressive, it's just making sure that like what we would do is like when we would every, every day we would, um, during our sales meeting, we would review a call say, okay, well, like what, what went wrong? What could we do better? The biggest thing though, like almost every single reason, like I would say 90% of the reason the call didn't close because the closer or the appointment setter, whoever we were reviewing, they, um, they didn't follow their process. So there's like the different steps of uh, the, the discovery, right? We want to make sure they there's pain, there's doubt that they can fix the problem themselves. You got to establish like a goal. So on Cole's team, they call it like Heaven Island and Hell Island. Like yeah, current situation desired. There's all these different steps that you would take someone through. 
And um, at the time they didn't close, it's like, oh, well, it's obvious you didn't ask this question at the beginning of the call. So like sticking to the process 100%, being aggressive about your process, that's like probably at least half the battle. When I've learned too, and also the importance of pre-screening and pre-filtering people kind of thing, and just like letting, making sure people understand the expectations going to a call, like, hey, we're not going to talk just to see how your day's going. Like we actually want to see how your business is and make sure you understand I am going to be asking for an investment to help you fix your business kind of stuff too. So how do you, how do you help filter people before they get to the call? What kind of, how do you help qualify those people? Pre-qualify, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, Yeah, it's a good question. I I just did a video on this. So yeah, like there's lots of ways people do it. So you could ask like, there's like a good, better, and best in sales. So like, I guess a good way is saying, Hey, well, like you could ask how much money you're making. You know, do you have money to invest in your, in a solution? Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> or like, how much money do you have prepared to invest into this? Like, you know, some low figure, which is ideally what you charge a medium and then a high thing. Yeah. Uh, like, there's that's the way to do it. I kind of like to think, I, I usually qualify them based on the problem. So, like, let's say rather than going, like, how much money are you making? I, I would say, what is your big, like, let's, like, a, pro- a person at 10K per month has a different problem than someone at 50K per month. Yeah. And they have a different problem than someone at zero. So, it, if you're helping people, let's say with their, I don't know, going from 10 to 20K or 30K by um, maybe improving their retention and getting more back end sales or something like that. And like you, it's like, what's the biggest challenge with your business? And they go finding clients. Well, this person has a low level problem, you know, but if, if you're asking them the question where it's like, what's the biggest problem with your business? And they're like, oh, it's, I can't retain clients or it's like, I'm, I'm just overworked right now. I, I'm just, too busy it's like that's like that person has a higher level problem so they're more likely to have more money the problem is if you ask too many financial like qualification questions you cut off your lead flow because a lot of people just either they won't book or they'll lie or you know, just create it's create sales resistance basically so i like to ask like commitment questions and like solution questions so have you worked with another you know ideally someone who sells a service like you so if you're a coach have you worked with another coach on your fitness Yes, no. How did that go? Or no? Or like, what have you tried to fix this problem? How long has this been an issue? You know, how committed are you to fixing this? If you found a way to do it, would that be something you want to get started on right away? Yes, no, maybe. You're still kind of getting the same answers. Interesting. Um, so, so yeah, ask, asking questions around, yeah, like how, how important is their problem? And like, how long have they been working on it for? Like, uh, have they worked with other coaches before? So that way, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. You can yeah. gauge like how important it is to them because let me give you an example, man. It's like, if you had someone reach out to you, you just DM'd you and said, Hey, like I have a 2023, a brand new Lamborghini. Do you, I, I, I can't, I, I'm about to go to jail or something. I have to sell it. I'll sell it to you for 50 grand. And you're like, well, I only have 10 grand. Like you'd be like, well, that's worth way more. Yeah. It's like, it's brand new. Like it's not even been driven. I, it's, like, yeah. it's just one of my, it's like my 10th car. It's yeah. like, I, I just need to sell this like ASAP. You're like, well, fuck, I'm going to find another 40 grand and, and, and go buy that car. It's worth it. It's the value is so obvious. The perceived value is there because that's just part, like, that's just part of sales being able to demonstrate that value of, of what you're offering and, and get people into the buying pocket. Cause You'd be surprised. Like people have money. Usually it's just like you haven't demonstrated enough value for them to want to spend it with you. 
Yeah, and that, that was going to be my next question is, yeah, how, how do you go about knowing whether someone's able to do a pay in full or if they absolutely need to do payment plans? Um, and, and how do you gauge if money is even an excuse? So if people are like, oh, I, I want to pay you. I just don't have any money right now. I, I, I want to pay you, but I can't even put $100 or even though your program is $5,000, if we can do $1,000 yeah. over five months, we can do that. So I, I know it's kind of a yeah. big question, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a process for presenting your offer that you would go through or you're tying off. You want them, first of all, you, you don't want uncertainty, like you don't want uncertainty to be the objection because a lot of the times they say, oh, like I don't have the money or that's a lot of money or like, let me think about it. It's just like a another way of them saying like, I don't think that you can really help me or like, mm-hmm. I don't think this is worth it. Yeah. So that's the thing. So it's like, before you go into it, it's like, okay, like you've gone through your entire presentation and it's like, now, do you feel like this is, you can do like the classics temp check question. It's like a scale of one to 10. So, okay. So a scale of one to 10, one being this sounds horrible. Get me off the phone. I think you guys are a scam. You know? <laughs> yeah. 10 being like, okay, I can really see this working for me. I, this will get me to that result. Where would you land? And if they're like, oh, I'm like a seven, like that's not a good answer. We want them yeah. to be like a nine or 10 mm-hmm. or, or if they go, ah, oh, if they say it like that, like, oh, I'm like a nine. Like really, they're probably like more like a four. <laughs> just yeah. Nice. Just like, okay, yeah. I sense some hesitation there. What like what's coming up for you? Well, I'm just not sure about this thing and this. Like you want to get all the objections as you can before you get to the price. Like, yeah. Ideally, they should be like, yeah, this sounds perfect. Oh man, like uh, this is what I've been looking for, or something like that. And then you're like, okay, well, it's just five k. And then you kind of shut up, and they go like, oh, well, like that's a lot of money. You'd always pitch the pain full first. Mm-hmm. A lot of people they'll go, well, it's 5k or two payments of 2,500 or three payments. It's like, no, yeah. you, you just pitch the 5k and then you, you kind of sh- shut up. And then basically you do like an open wallet test from there. If they're like, oh, this sounds great, but I just don't have that much money. Like, okay, well, like you, again, you kind of go back, tie down. Hey, is, are you sure that, like, okay, money aside, if you had the 5k, would we 100% be working together or is there something else that's keeping you? Less than 100% sure that this is something you want to do, though. Yeah. No, no, I absolutely, no, I definitely want to do it. I just don't have the 5K. Okay, cool. Well, that's, we cross our uncertainty and it's just like a, a money objection. And then from there, it's, it's kind of like logistical. So typically we go into like an open wall test. So open wall, it's like cool, well, totally normal. If you're open to it, we can have a quick discussion to see whether or not this is something we can do now or in the future. Cause on certain occasions, we let people break it up. Are you, uh, are you comfortable having a open and honest conversation about where you're at right now financially? And they're like, yeah, sure. Cool. And so up wall, it would be like, what's your cash in hand? Do you have access to credit? And what's your like free cash flow? So money in, money out. And then from there, you, you just come up with a custom plan. So, Oh, that's, that's interesting. So yeah, kind of like, yeah, some salespeople are like, Oh, you don't, I don't believe in accepting credit card debt. Cause that means that if they can't afford to pay you, then uh, uh, you shouldn't be, giving you shouldn't be taking their money but obviously other people like well credit card debt is what caused transformation in the first place so what are your your yeah like that that salesperson has like wrong beliefs about credit Mm -hmm. so it's like it's one thing that for the prospect to have the wrong beliefs about about money and credit and all that stuff but it's horrible if the salesperson does like it's funny i i I, um i was working with eli wild he's like sold over 100 million in his career amazing salesperson and he told me a story about how this company had three salespeople all selling the same offer, same script. And 
each one had different objections. One guy kept getting money objections. The other guy kept getting spouse. The other guy kept having people go, I want to think about it. And he's like, it, it all, it always comes back to the salesperson and, and their own limiting beliefs. It's like, mm, that's so like, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's, if it's like perfectly acceptable for you, always want to think about it. That's how you always make decisions. You're, you will get that objection way more from someone who's like a quick decision maker. Like, no, I always just make them on the spot because I know the most successful people, like that's how they think. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, and I think it's a good reminder too. It goes back to like, like money is energy, and so if you expect yeah. to be paid in full for things, then um, you better start paying in full for for programs, kind of thing. And 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 that makes sense too. Like, don't need don't need to think about it. Just make the decision if you want, if that's what you want to happen to you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that. Like the whole money is energy thing. Oh, I just had some prospect test me back. Anyway, um, the reason why I, I, I call myself the, the chief cash collector on twitter uh people are like is it because you collect so much cash i'm like well yes <laughs> but no it's, obviously yeah <laughs> it, i'm like it's actually it's it's actually a mindset so it kind of goes back to like being um well i'll just explain it so when i uh back in january i i was like i'm gonna do my own coaching again i, I kind of took a break for over a, a year from just coaching but um i was like hey i i was kind of hyped it up and I was like January 27th, I'm, I'm going to start coaching and, and people were hitting me up and I, I almost had like a, not a set price, but it was more like pay what you want kind of thing. It's like one person paid me 2k per month. Yeah. Another guy paid me 1500. Another guy paid me like $500 crypto. Um, and at the same time I was selling a bunch of the stuff in my apartment and, um, the whole money is energy thing comes back to it. Cause I was like, I don't really care if it's a 24k sale or a 2k per month sale or a $50 thing. I like I'm selling myself in like Facebook marketplace just to get rid of all this, a bunch of old stuff in my apartment. I was like, I, I would be at the gym in the morning at, and I was like rushing through my workout on a Saturday to, to get back and like sell like a, a blanket to some woman for like 15 <laughs> bucks. I'm like, I don't care. It's just money in, money in, money in, money in. Mm-hmm. It's just this idea of being in like a chief cash collector. I, I, when I was working with Eli, I was uh, selling for him and he had like a 2K sales course which is pretty good uh, on nlp and all that stuff but i was talking to this woman and at the end of the call she's like i only have 40 bucks <laughs> and i was like ah well i guess she can't do it and then when i went to the eli i messaged him i was like yeah i had a sales call and she only had 40 bucks and he's like did you tell her about a 39 dollars sales course tired it i thought he was joking which maybe he was but the way i thought i was like then i thought about it, i was like hmm well, maybe that's how he's, he's made so much money. He's just like, well, fucking, yeah, I got something. If you have 40 bucks, I'll take 40 bucks from you. Mm-hmm. Part of it's just being like, you don't, it's not like you're being greedy and you want to like take everyone's money. But if you genuinely understand that you can really get, provide a lot of value and really change someone's life, like, fuck it. Yeah, of course I'll, like, I'll take any amount of money. So that, that part of it's that. And part of it's just like, it's just a money. It's like a flow thing. The more money you're taking in, it's like, like one day you're making 10 K per month. The next day you're making 30 and the next day you're making 50 and it's just, it keeps growing. It's just like a momentum thing. No, I, I, uh, I, I love that attitude of just like, yeah, just like building that mindset, building the energy that's just getting in the habit of making money daily. Cause that's like one of the most uh, important habits to make. Um, yeah. And so I'd love to transition a little bit into how, um, have, have you hit a 50 K month in your own business yet or, or your own brand? 
Yeah. Um, working my way back up there, but like back when we did our last coaching business, it's crazy. I, like, I did the sales training. We, we were at like 30K per month. I went through this one. It's actually Eli's course back in mm-hmm. 2019. The next month we hit 50K. I was like, wow, this is crazy. So, so what does it take to go from zero to 10 and, and 10, 10 to 50 for those freelancers and entrepreneurs who are tuning in and, and watching? What, what yeah. are those? And obviously it's a whole masterclass course seminar that weekend. But uh, if you could do your best to yeah. summarize those, what does that look like? Zero to 10 is usually more about your offer. Like um, a lot of guys just sell really low ticket stuff. Like you sell like a thousand dollar per month service. One thing is like, is it easier to get 10 clients for a thousand bucks a month or, or just sell one thing for 10 K. So usually it's, it's that like from 10 to 30, you you need more leads. You need to start having a repeatable process. I mean, you can really get from 10 to like a hundred K per month just off of, um, I guess it kind of depends what you sell, but just making sure you have a really good offer and oh yeah, people commenting. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, really good offer, good lead flow and a solid sales process. And then obviously you'd want to make sure you're delivering a good service and stuff. Um, the market feels so saturated, he says with, especially with the competition with artificial intelligence. Now. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Yeah, go ahead. I'll just, just to touch on that. Like, that's why I think it's so important to just have a personal brand mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, people buy you, whether you're selling an agency service or coaching, especially coaching or whatever, like people I even see like real estate agents and stuff that just create their personal brand. Like they're all selling the same shit, but people will just buy from people they like. Well, and I know uh, like some like like some people are saying, "Oh, AI is getting so powerful that people aren't going to need to hire coaches or consultants anymore, where they can just type in their questions to ChatGPT and it'll answer them <laughs> for them." Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Are, are coaches and consultants are their jobs safe, or do you think AI is going to take them over pretty quick? I mean, it's it's hard to say. You know, it's I don't know. It depends how bad the coach and consultant is. <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. Yeah, that's real. Like, that's a good question. I, I've never, uh, I've never thought of it. Like, I know a lot of people are worried about like copywriters becoming um, extinct from AI. I think it's, it's, it's probably like to some extent, like the people that are just not good at what they do. You know, there's a lot of people that just kind of like regurgitate other people's stuff. Or, yeah, so. Sorry, I'm looking at these questions. Oh, you're good. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Ace's matter. I think it's uh, Cindy time, timing in. And, and so she's talking about, like, when you mentioned, too, the importance of, like, you know, we work with Eli Wild. He had this 2K offer, and the girl's like, oh, sorry, I have 40 bucks. Well, great. Yeah. That's why you should have a $40 offer. So for people like that, you can still help yeah. them in, in some capacity. And so uh, so do you currently have that for your own brand? And is that, when, what, are the, what are all the ranges people need? Like, do you need a $10 product, like all the way up to a nah, $10,000 yeah. product? Yeah, you should just start with high ticket. You should start with some kind of high ticket. Um, that makes sense. Like a high, medium, high, high ticket, medium ticket. Like if you're doing coaching, like some, you know, either one-on-one or group coaching. I like having a different price point so that you can just close everybody. In yeah. theory, like in, in theory, like you should just be able to close everyone who's interested in working with you. Oh, okay, so, so tell so going back to uh, so you're still doing coaching since you since January 27th while also working with other sales teams as well. Yeah, I, I just like coaching guys on the side. Some people with their sales stuff, some people with like brand with their offers. It, <laughs> I, I even help some dudes with like their fitness and stuff. I've been oh, interesting shredded. Yeah, you know, I'm just staying busy. Got to get shredded, bros. And so with that, because it's a side business, uh, you. 
you are still comfortable accepting any amount for people to work with you, then it sounds like. So for the coaching, there's like set prices, like 1500 per month for one-on-one somewhere, depending on what they want, it's like 500 per month for me to work with them on their self-development and fitness and sales and stuff like that. That's once like a group. But like, I also, I just have this like page set up where if they just like, there's this thing where you can pay what you want. Kind of cool. Yeah. So, and is the plan yeah, there to like upsell people? Pay. Like once they buy you a $500 package, like, oh my gosh, Ben just helped me make an extra 10 grand. Now I got to pay him five grand to help me make me, help me make 50 grand. Like, is that kind of the end game with that strategy? Yeah. I mean, I, I realized like what a lot of um, business coaching programs lack is like a lot of people need life coaching in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's almost cliche at this point. It's like, a lot of people just think they need strategies and tactics and stuff, but their life is just in shambles. Like they, they can't stick to anything. I mean, I know for myself, like when we were running our own business, like if I was way more consistent, just in my personal life and my own habits, we would have made way more money, but you know, I would be sleeping in and I'd be like, you know, like just, just like an inconsistent person. Yeah. Your business problem is your personal problem, but, but also yeah, I know. I know it's tricky too. Um, there's a guy, Larry Winget, who uh, you know he's a multi seven figure entrepreneur speaker, and he's like, "Yeah, I've always been able to wake up whenever I want to. That's why I wanted to be an entrepreneur in the first place." Where, of course, you have other entrepreneurs like, "If I didn't wake up at five a.m., I wouldn't be successful." And so, <laughs> got trying to find what works for each person. But and, uh, it sounds like for you, like you're like, "No, no, no. Five a.m. is the reason why I'm successful. If I had done that earlier, I would be more successful." Yeah, I mean, it hasn't always been like that because I was always the guy, like that Larry Winged dude, just, oh, yeah, I'll just sleep in. And there's always outliers, you know? Yeah. Like, there's always a guy who's, who smokes like two packs of cigarettes a day and lives until nine. <laughs> that's, that's true. Right? Yeah. Is that like everybody? No. Like, would you be better off if you woke up early and like were more productive earlier in the morning and you had a good morning routine and all that stuff? People love to hate on stuff like that, but like what I realize, especially in sales, it's like the way I treat myself. It's like in the morning, I like the, the I, I put more work into myself, so putting getting myself in a positive state of mind, so that when I when it's time to do sales calls or time to make content or do coaching with my clients, I'm like fully present, fully engaged. You know, like that has a real ROI to it. Where a lot of people are like. Well, that like I just like Alex Ramosi is a good example. It's like I just wake up and do the work. Like I, I could see that, but also you're like an outlier. <laughs> like, yeah, like that guy is just like a, an animal, you know. But at the same time, I know that Alex Ramosi used to get his sales team to wake up at like four a.m. I remember his old content. They'd be doing check-ins at four a.m. Hey, are you up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, interesting thing. <laughs> and so to, to, to tie it back into like the internal confidence. Like you want to like internal locus of control for me. I'm like, I just count my day as a win. So it used to be if I made like a certain amount of sales or if I made a certain amount of money, I'm like, okay, today was a good day. It was a win. But now I was like, okay, did I, did I stick my habits? My very first one is the wake up time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The very first thing you're doing it. I, I wake up at 5am because it used to be super hard for me to wake up early. Like I, I hated it. <laughs> I would sleep until like 11 o'clock, even running our businesses. So just the fact that I'm doing something hard, it's the very first thing in my day. I'm like, oh, and, and then like another day of doing something that I said I would do. Because another thing I forgot to mention is when I was working on Colstein, their their biggest value is, they call it a say-do ratio. So 
for everything you say you're going to if you say you're going to do it, you got to do it, right? Mm, so yeah. You say you're going to hit 30 sales, you got to do it. You say you're going to go to the gym at 5 p.m., you got to go to the gym at 5 p.m. You say yeah. you're going to whatever, go help your mom move her couch, you got to help her. <laughs> so yeah, it just creates a lot of confidence within yourself. You build up a track record within yourself of like integrity. You're like, I'm a person who always does what he says he goes, he's going to do. The longer you do it, the more like personal power it creates you. No, it make, makes sense. Um and the other question I had too was, so it's, it's cool how you've kind of been through the whole journey of like building your coaching business, co co-founding a coaching business, working in other coaching businesses as uh, when you're doing your solopreneur coach business building, what has worked for helping you bring in leads? Is it doing content? Is it uh, co-hosting webinars? Yeah. What, what helps the most bring in leads for you? Yeah, I create a lot of content, man. Like there's, uh, there's a few things I do every single day. So creating content on Twitter. I'm, I'm mostly on Twitter and on Instagram now. I'm not really on Facebook anymore. Dropping stuff. Um, so I got like an editor who helps me like create real uh, reels and stuff like short form oh, content. Cool. But nice. Yeah. Um, content, you know, DMs. Like I, I should be better at DMing, even though everyone hates to do it. It, it works. One thing uh, on Twitter, especially like just spending a certain amount of time engaging with people that have your audience like if i wanted to work only with salespeople, i could you know probably target like the big accounts in that space and um get a lot of followers from just commenting on their stuff and sometimes they'll retweet you and next thing you know boom you have a whole bunch of followers and then if you're tweeting good stuff maybe they go from twitter and they send you a dm or they go on instagram and they start following me there because i'm a lot instagram's kind of like behind the scenes stuff and sharing lot, lots of like valuable content so i get a lot of people reaching out through that it's random people going on podcasts, obviously getting your name out there kind of organically and just sharing value and stuff. Just like, just it really, it's just a matter of um, consistently showing up and sharing value and sending DMs to people and selling stuff. Bro. I love that. No, and just like you said, like uh, as long as you have a good offer, then just as long as you spend your time on leads, there's no reason. It sounds like you should be able to hit 50 or hundred K months without spending any money on ads. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can hit like 100k months just DMing people. Wow, oh, that is my, crazy my, to think about. Yeah, it is crazy. My my video editor dude, he's like, he has over like 100 clients at this point. I'm pretty sure he's a really big editing agency. He's like, I just started it like six months ago. I'm like, that's is it, crazy. Is it Ryan, by any chance? No, I think it's Boris. Oh, so Boris. Boris. Okay. Yes. Yes. Nice. He's a uh, he's a cool dude. He um he reached out. I think he's. He started, he doesn't even do any of the editing, by the way. So this guy, he, um, he said he reached out to 10, like really big things, like 10 big influencers and offered to do the, their, like their shorts, their short form content for free for like a month. And one guy, one guy was like, yeah, okay. Like, uh, sure. Let's do it for me. And then he ended up hiring him, but then he referred him to like all of his clients and that guy had a shit ton of clients. And he also got like a million views for him for one of his reels and it blew him up. So a great case study. He had, a, he had like, he probably got at least 40 clients from, from that one dude. Wow. That, that, is, that is a good reminder of things too. It's just like going back to the no brainer offer, like all the influencers like, why would I pay when someone do, can do this for free? But even then he had to reach out to, you said 10 plus people just to get one yes to work for free. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, but just a good reminder too that uh, you know it's all it's all in the numbers and having a 
what's the word? No, no brainer offer, but remembering that uh, once you have that amazing case study, things take care of itself, but always getting that good case study is so important. Yeah. And he also said he had some case sending out like 300 DMs a day for him. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that helps too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things you got to do a lot of stuff, but yeah, no, it makes sense. Well, as we get to the uh, end here of some uh, final questions here, as a successful entrepreneur who loves what they do, what gets you fired up every single day? Um, I genuinely just like helping people. Yeah, it's like the way I think about it, there's, there's a, uh, you know, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Like most people think it stops at like the self-actualization at the very top. The, the level of, there's like one level above that, which isn't commonly included in the pyramid, which is like the self-transcendence. So it's like mm. having a mission that's bigger than you. Yeah. You know, because I think about back to my life, just I, I probably wasted at least 20 years, maybe more, just not knowing what to do, just kind of being lost in life. Wasted, like, I, I only just stopped drink. I stopped drinking last, in last year, like in November. Oh, congratulations. Which is nice. Yeah. Thanks. Like, like thinking back, I like have so much more energy now and so much more clarity and just feel so much better. I'm like, man, I actually wasted like, I was like I started drinking. I was like 16. It's, that's what you do in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, like a lot of like potential wasted. I'm like, fuck. Like, so I, I, I don't just talk about like sales stuff. I don't know. There's, there's just a lot. Like we, we you get to a certain level and after you make a certain amount of money, you're like, yeah, more money is cool. But ideally you solved a lot of problems for yourself and you had a lot to share. And like, it feels good helping people. I love that. I think hopefully people listening can hear the heart that you have for, uh, for how much you care about people and just like going above and beyond and uh, making sure they're successful. Uh, so, so that last two questions. And collecting cash. And collecting cash. <laughs> chief, chief cash collector. So how, how can people best get a hold of you, Ben? If they want to hire you, if they want to learn more about you, follow your content, how can they best connect with you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. It's probably the easiest place to find me these days. Same handle. It's Ben W. Byrne. B Y R N E, all one word. So, uh, yeah, just shoot me a DM, follow me, you know, say hello. I'm nice. I won't collect all your cash. <laughs> Not yet. I don't see why we're doing All right. Yes. And then, uh, final question is for people listening in and uh, learning about sales, scaling, self improvement. What, what's the one takeaway you want them to have from this interview today? Mm, one takeaway for sales self-improvement and scaling i mean if you can just attach your 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 overall uh, sense of confidence your overall sense of your state make it more like an internal thing than an external because what will happen is in sales especially in sales like if you're the type of person who is like it's like you, you obviously you celebrate when you got a sale but then as soon as you 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 go through like a few you get a few no's you're like fuck you start changing everything you go into a rut it's like the way you kind of have long-term success is by being able to bounce back from whether to say yes or no, like it shouldn't really affect you that much. And same with scale. Like as you start scaling up your business, you have more and more problems. You start spending more and more money, it gets scarier and scarier. And it's like, you just kind of have to learn how to, again, have that internal motivation. And eventually too, another thing, it's one last thing. No, one of my old clients, he, um, he's like living in like a, a king down in Brazil. He's making like 50k per month. 
Um, but he has like a driver. He has a, like, a sick penthouse. He's dating models. He's uh, <laughs> he has like everything you could really want. Like if someone comes to his house to cut his hair, to give him massages, to cook for him, to clean his place. He doesn't have to do anything. It's just like he's <laughs> <laughs> living it up. Yeah, yeah his, his friends are like he has like cool friends and stuff. He has like, a really sick lifestyle. I finally convinced him to start making content, but he's like he he hit me up and I was like, "What's up, man?" And he was he's kind of looking rough. I was like. He's like, dude, I haven't been working for the past like six months. Like, I said, I just been like living it up. He he started making all this money with his in a course, like an info product. And uh, I'm like, well, Dan, do well. We start. I started talking and asking him about his habits and stuff. His habits are really good, but he didn't have like the one thing, which is um like a sense of purpose. Like mm. his his purpose was always making money. And as soon yeah. as he started making money, boom! It's like, well, all of his motivation was just gone because it was all external. So, um, I just helped them like fix that because I mean, you get to a certain point and all it like a certain level, all your needs are met. So it's like, if you don't have anything bigger than that, it's like, that's just as bad as, you know, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I have lots of my train of thought, but no, that's a, that's such a good reminder. Cause obviously, you know, we're, I mean, I'm in America and I know you're in Canada, but I know that's a, a people need that reminder all the time that just like finding that internal vision that's bigger than making money. But of course money helps with that vision, but understanding that once you make that money, knowing where to put it. And another classic example of that too is uh, I read a book by Bob Proctor recently born to be rich. And he talked about in the Bible, like when the, he goes the Hebrews, they're praying to God and they said, Oh, we need rain. We need rain. And then yeah. um, Moses was like, okay, uh, it's been a day. Where, where are the ditches? And they're like, what? And he's like, so you expected rain, but you didn't have ditches ready to actually collect the rain. Like, you, like what, what the <laughs> heck? <laughs> and so it's a good reminder that if you're serious about wanting the money, like know where that money is going, why it's going there. And that, and just remember the purpose is bigger than the money. So I, I like that reminder mm. too. So good. Awesome. Bro. Well, th- well, thank you, Ben. This has been amazing. Things are coming on today. Uh, definitely check out Ben at w- Ben W. Burn on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, as you can see, he's a guy who knows a lot, has a big heart, wants to help you see you succeed, see you thrive. And uh, even though he's in Canada, he's still pretty cool too. So hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I got to uh, get the hell out of Canada, bro. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. It's all good. So I'll see you all next week for Rapid Results and we'll talk then. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. That concludes another episode of Rapid Results. Remember to leave a review about something you learned so others can share the knowledge. Keep being unstoppable in your pursuit of the lifestyle freedom you desire. And we'll see you next week.